0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season two of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm
1: Sister J, And I'm Sister Kay. And welcome to episode 12. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, to, now we are going to recap episode 12 titled Johari window, window. Okay. And I'll do the recap today. Yep. All right. We are in, in Adina, New York, or outside of Adina, New York, and we see a state trooper driving down the highway while talking to his wife on the phone. Actually, on his little walkie-talkie radio, whatever. <laughs> uh, he sees a young boy walking on the side of the road and stops and asks him what he's doing. The boy doesn't really say much, so he picks him up. And we find out the boy's name is Teddy. And the police officer's kind of talking to him a little bit as they drive down the road. And uh, we find out that the trooper's name is Spikarsky. I Actually, I don't think we find that out till later, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, So, while he is talking to Teddy and looking at him in the rearview mirror, he noticed that the boy's face is deformed. So, he kind of freaks out um, a little bit, takes him to his state trooper station, and takes Teddy's picture to upload to the police database. He has two fellow officers there with him that want to call the local paper, um, and they're talking about how all the stories and reports they've heard about deformed people and misshapen faces are true, but they never believed it until now. Officer Pekarski, or Johnny is his first name, refuses to, he doesn't want to call the papers, he wants to go through proper channels first, and so he goes to upload the picture to the database. As soon as he does, the front door of the office bursts open, and two men that are disfigured also with, walk in with shotguns and shoot all of the state troopers. One of them takes Teddy's hand, and as he's walking Teddy out the door, Teddy walks by Trooper Pekarski, who's crawling on the ground, and says that he's sorry. And right after that, one of the men with an ugly face, disfigured face, shoots Teddy, or excuse me, shoots Officer Pekarski with the shotgun. Again. Again. Yeah. To did make it. sure he did. make sure. Yeah. So we next see Peter uh, talking to Walter. Walter. And trying to get Walter to go into the grocery store. Walter's in the car and doesn't want to go in. He's worried that he might get lost again or that Newton might be in the store. Mm -hmm. Peter assures Walter that he will not allow anyone to kidnap him again. But Walter isn't convinced and locks the car door and tells Peter that he appreciates the cowardly lion from (laughs) The Wizard of Oz. Peter's like, okay, that's a movie. Not true. But, you know. As soon as he, he uh, says all this, he gets a phone call, and it's Olivia asking them to be ready to go in about half an hour. We get to the crime scene at the uh, trooper station, and Broyles is telling the team what happened and shows them a picture of Teddy that was uploaded, which the deformed and misshapen picture. They find a file with reports dating back 30 years of people that were deformed and misshapen and realize that all the all of the reports take place just outside of Adina. And so they decide to go there to take a look. So they're in the city of Adina, kind of like in the downtown area. And they're walking on the street when they notice a buzz or humming sound, Walter starts singing a song that he has no idea where he's heard before. Um, but it talks about an elephant and talks about um, some other ish- things that are kind of strange to put together, like artichokes. Um, they meet Sheriff Belchick um, on the street. And he tells them that the hum that they hear is the Adina hum, which is a result of a military base's large turbine generators that are about five miles down the road. Um, they go to the local diner and Olivia starts telling him about what happened and shows the sheriff a picture of Teddy. And the sheriff says he's never seen a picture, but he's heard stories and reports, um, but has never been able to confirm it about these um, deformed people. Olivia asks to see his reports, and he says, fine. And while they're talking and looking at the picture, a man at a nearby table gets up and leaves and looks kind of suspicious, but they don't notice him. Uh, We next see a large blue house, and the man that left the diner, his name is Joseph, we find out, tells his wife that federal agents were in the diner with a picture of Teddy. She's worried and asks what they're going to do, and he says that they have no choice. They both look over at Teddy in the other room who's coloring. We go back to see Olivia, Peter, and Walter, who's sleeping in the back seat, driving to a hotel outside of Medina when a truck suddenly swerves in front of them. And um, so Olivia tries to avoid hitting the, the truck and crashes into a ditch and kind of knocks herself out. Peter's kind of knocked out, but he wakes up and Walter's still cutting him in the back seat, sleep. <laughs> and. As Peter's trying to find out what's going on, he sees the truck that swerved in front of him stop by the side of the road, and a man with a shotgun gets out and starts shooting at him. Mm -hmm. So Peter, which is different than normal, takes Olivia's gun out of her holster and starts shooting back. Mm -hmm. As the man gets closer, Peter notices he's deformed, uh, just like Teddy. Um, Peter keeps shooting, and the truck drives away. And, um, the next we see a bunch of FBI agents combing the area and they talk about finding an abandoned truck down the road close to Adina. They head over there and as they get out to try to investigate, Walter sees a large blue butterfly that he talks about taking back to Astrid. Um, Olivia finds some blood on a leaf and they go into the woods to find a man dead of a bullet wound. Um, it looks like Joseph to me. And at, and we find out later it is. Um at this point, Walter is saying Peter shot at a beast, but this is a man, so they're trying to figure out if this is actually the person that was shooting at Peter and Olivia. As they load the body into the FBI van, Olivia finds Peter looking off in the woods, a kind of a beautiful scene with all this fog and trees. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to him about her first, the first time she killed someone. Even though that person was a killer, she couldn't sleep for a couple of nights. Um, but she had no choice; she had to shoot him, or he was going to kill her. Peter doesn't say anything; just looks at her with his little cryptic face. And he looked guilty. Well, I don't. We'll talk about that. He looks at her, and she's like, you know, this—the first time is always the roughest. And he just keeps on looking at her. Uh, We then see the woman from the house, Joseph's wife, watching everything from the woods, and she's kind of crying as she sees them loading her husband's body into the van. So we're back at Walter's lab now, and Broyles is probably back in the FBI headquarters. He calls Olivia to tell her about the military base and experiments that the Army did back in the late 70s. He says the files have been hidden, and so he put a call in to his friends at the Department of Defense and faxes Olivia what he does have. Um, They find out the experiment was called Project Elephant and that matches some of the information or the words from Walter's song. Walter tells Astrid that he has a specimen, specimen for her in his lab kit, but when she opens it, there's a moth in the jar instead of a butterfly. Walter was also having issues opening up the body bag, so Astrid goes to open it and screams when she does because we now see a very severely deformed body instead of the man's body that we saw in the woods. Walter thinks that the moth and the body have transformed from the same stimulants that the military used in its project, but when he looks at the blood sample, he notices that there's nothing to indicate a transformative ability. Olivia has traced the, truck to, uh, the truck's VIN number to Joe Fall, Joseph Falls, and they head back to Edina or Dina, to ask Sheriff Felcheck about him. The sheriff tells them that he's going to take them to town hall so they can look at the tax records. And while they're there, Olivia and Peter find that the entire F section of the tax records are missing. Peter then says, why don't we go look at the census records? So they um, leave that building and go look at the census records. And Peter notices that it's strange that there's only been 17 people who died and 47 people who were born between 1990 and 2000. And that's the only change in the uh, town's population. Sheriff Velcek calls and Olivia tells him that there's some records missing. And he tells him that he thinks he knows who um, might have taken him. And that someone told him that Joe Falls lives in a trailer on the outskirts of town with his wife and young son. And, and says, Why don't you guys meet me there? <laughs> he then leaves the town hall to see a crowd of people waiting outside. He tells them that the FBI don't know anything and that everything's going to be fine. And Rose, Joseph's wife, Looks skeptical and and tries to t- tell them that they can't keep doing what they're doing. He they tells keep killing people right. Mm-hmm. He tells her that he's gonna take care of it like he did with others who snooped around in the past. Mm-hmm. Back at the lab, Walter and Astrid determine that both the moth and Joe have the same disorder that makes them deformed, but Walter doesn't know what makes them transform. He keeps singing that song um, that he was singing in Ad- Adina, and um begins to think that he did actually work on Project Elephant. Astrid figures out that the song is a mnemonic, or mnemonic, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, that gives the clue harness, which is the school's law library. They go to the library, and Walter um, unscrews a heating grate and finds a stash of devil dogs and a box with (laughs) military files regarding the Project Elephant. There are pictures of deformed soldiers and Walter finds the name of an old colleague that was head of that project, Edward Cobb. So now Walter knows that he does know something about it. So Walter and Astrid start driving to Adina and Walter tells her about the army's experiments to create a better way to camouflage soldiers. He said that they experimented with electromagnetic pulse as a way to trick the eye by scrambling the optic nerve to make the soldiers invisible. Walter briefly consulted on the project, and after he left, they determined that prolonged exposure to the pulse led to an incurable genetic disorder. Walter tells Astrid to stop the car, and they get out to see that the moth has seemingly transformed into a butterfly. Mm -hmm. Walter, um, but they know that that's not true, it's just a trick of the eye. Walter tells Peter on the phone his hypothesis while Peter and Olivia are on their way to meet Sheriff Felchick. Peter tells Walter that he doesn't want to have to worry about him and to for him and Astrid to go home. Walter tells Astrid that Peter and Olivia want them to search for the source of the, of the electromagnetic pulse. So he basically is lying. He lied. That happens a lot on the show, <laughs> the last couple episodes. Okay, so now we see Rose going um, to the sheriff's office and she's trying to stop him from, kill, to, from continuing to kill to protect their secret. He tells her that he took care of the federal agent that showed up a few years ago and no one came looking for him, so he thinks they're going to be fine doing it this way. He tells her to take care of her responsibility, which is to make sure the machine is still working, still humming. We see Astrid and Walter um, driving down the street, and Astrid tells Walter that she's noticing a big antenna, and that's probably and he tells her that's probably one of the ways that they could keep this machine working and creating this electromagnetic pulse. They stop at a blue house, which we know is Rose's and Joseph's house. They go up and knock on the door and Teddy answers the door. Um, they ask to come in and he lets him in. And Walter, as they go in, notices a sign on the door with Rose's name and realizes that it's Edward Cobb's daughter. He tells Teddy that he knew his grandfather and his mother when she was small. Um... They see a picture of Edward Cobb and Rose when she was small, and Walter starts talking to Astrid about the optic nerve of a camera and how it doesn't detect um, the deformity. So at this point, Teddy gets nervous and tells him that they have to go. Walter kind of insists on using the bathroom first and leaves the room, <laughs> and Astrid kind of is, you know, looking around, smiling at Teddy, and notices a game of operation on the table picks it up and tells him that she loves that game. So we next see Peter and Olivia um, discussing how the census numbers haven't changed except for deaths and births, that no one seems to move away. At this point, the sheriff arrives and starts shooting at Olivia and Peter. They run for cover to a barn that's nearby. And at the same time, we see Walter following a large cable in the blue house that leads down to the basement and into a large machine. Astrid and Teddy, we see them next, playing Operation, (laughs) when the hum fades, and we, the camera rounds around Astrid's back, and we see Teddy's true, deformed face. Mm -hmm. Back at the barn, Olivia shoots one of the sheriff deputies, uh, while Sheriff Belchick keeps shooting at her, and at this point, we do see all their deformities as well. Mm -hmm. The sheriff corners Peter and Olivia, and he's very visibly deformed. I mean, even worse than... Yeah. He nasty looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He makes Olivia drop her gun and is about to shoot them when Rose walks up and shoots him. And I put a note here <laughs> that Rose is right. She is, is one right woman. woman. Woo! Oh, she man. was worse than all of them. Yeah. She it was terrible. Terrible. So, poor thing. Okay, so we see Rose Um. We see everybody back at their house, and we see Astrid outside on the porch with Teddy in a rocking chair, and we go inside and see Rose telling Olivia and Peter that the original pulse deformed the entire town, and her father regretted his experiments with the army. Mm-hmm. He resigned and worked ever after to perfect the machine so that it could protect the people of the town and his family who were affected by the experiment. Mm-hmm. Walter tells her that he remembers seeing her when she was young and healthy, and that her father only tried to do what he thought his um, what he thought was best, and he thought his experiments would save lives. She tells him that her father succeeded in providing her and people in the town a good life by giving them a choice to either stay there and live as if they were all normal or going on and living in the world and then feeling like the outcast. Um, we next see Astrid standing on the porch with Teddy, When Walter comes out of the door, and we see Teddy's crying, Walter runs up to Broyles in the um, driveway to urge him to let the people of the town stay hidden and to keep their secret, so scientists don't subject them to tests and humiliation. Mm -hmm. Um, Broyles tells him that if he did not find the machine, then there's nothing to report. So Walter finally gets it, and's like, "Oh, thank you, thank Mm -hmm. you." That was good. And, um so he's going to let the town stay hidden we see we next see a bunch of cars leaving Adina and the sign welcoming people to Adina and we see Stet, uh, Excuse me. We see Teddy standing on the side of the road watching the FBI leave Walter tells Peter that he thinks Rose is courageous for wanting to expose the secret to right a wrong which was killing of everyone to keep the secret mm-hmm. Peter tells Walter that he thinks that Walter is really brave because he spoke up for the town when he didn't have to And Peter says that he's proud of Walter. Walter says, looks at Peter and looks kind of sad. And he says that he's glad that Peter chooses to see him the way he does. And then Mm -hmm. we have the end of the episode. That's good. Now, that was a good episode. (coughs) Excuse me. That was was
0: a very good episode. It had, (coughs) excuse me, it It had some really good uh, stuff. First of all, I liked it because. Early on in the episode, once you got through the the opening scenes to tell you what, what it was going to be about, the little deformed boy and stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: early on in the episode, though, it provided exactly what the previous episode that Unearthed did not. And that is, it provided continuity because when Walter was at the grocery store, he was worried that somebody would kidnap him again. Yeah. So that took you all the way back to that Thomas Newton when they, you know, snatched him and, and the brain parts and all brain that matters. stuff. Yeah, brain so, yeah. you know, that, that lets you know that it's, it's a continuation, see, and I like that. So, uh, But it was a, a very good episode. And unlike some of the episodes um, where they veer off into other areas, this one made sense, though, because Walter was a direct... A uh, 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 person who worked on that project. No, he was a consultant. Actually. Well, but he knew about it. Yeah. But he also knew enough about it to hide the paperwork on it. I thought that was excellent, yeah. though. Yeah. He was singing that little song, and then when Astrid. Astrid's pretty smart with those uh, linguistic things. So, but that's her major area, though. Mm-hmm. But when she put that together, like, well, that's a mnemonic. So let's see what that means. And then he put it together. It was the library. He knew right where to go. Yeah. Because that sparked his memory. See, mm-hmm. he knew right where to go. So I thought that was excellent. That was... See, I like that kind of stuff.
1: This was a great episode. But again, mm-hmm. with the nasty... Yeah, well... Ooh. Well, but it wasn't blood and guts nasty no, though. But that the
0: final <laughs> those deformed people were really deformed, hard
1: to look at. Yeah, it yeah, was hard they to were, look at, which they is were. unfortunate. And they were trying to say <laughs> something about that, but you know, I, it was hard for me to look at. Yeah, well, and okay, let's talk about Peter,
0: Peter and the gun. Now, yes, see, every see, but I keep telling you. I remember from season one, though, when Peter was having a conversation with Olivia about him and Walter's relationship and why he wasn't really that keen on being Walter's uh, sponsor or get him out of St. Clair and stuff. You know, he was a, he was into some heavy-duty stuff. And uh, when oh. she was talking to Peter in that little beautiful scenery with the fog and the night and yep. everything... Talking about... Peter wasn't looking at her like he was sad. He was looking at her like, yeah, well, okay. Now, he done killed somebody before now.
1: Oh, yeah. You're you the know. one that said he was sad looking. No, I no, didn't know. No. I was saying, you know, he was just looking at her. I, You could already tell this hadn't been his first kiss. No, it wasn't his first we time. We know he can handle a gun. <laughs> he knows how to fight. But yep. have we noticed, we have noticed this season, especially that every time they go somewhere, he never has a gun. Never has He never has gun. any weapons. And this is the first time, except for the one with the stun gun with mm-hmm. um, uh, August. Yeah. This is the first time that I remember that he's picked up a gun and shot back. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I find it interesting that they had him be the one to well be the shooter and that and his reaction to it, he didn't he didn't crack a smile. He didn't make her feel more comfortable. She was doing all the talking exactly. and he just kept staring at her like, I didn't need you to come over here and tell me anything. You well, know, I think I like that scene.
0: Well, I, it, and I really liked it too, and I think it's excellent because he had already told Walter at the store, "Don't worry, I will never let nobody kidnap you again." Mm-hmm. Now, the man was coming up on them with a shotgun. Walter's in the back seat. Sleep. Sleep. See. Yep. So yeah, uh, Peter's gonna do whatever he gonna do to protect Walter and himself too. But right. I think for Walter, that's the way I took it. Well, I think because I think Walter all was in them. the car. No, all of them. Well, but but that's just my opinion though. So yeah, but yeah, well, Peter's rough though. He done yeah. some stuff <laughs> that we don't even begin oh, to I know. know. You know. So. Uh, okay. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Okay. Well. One of my favorite parts of the of the whole show, though, was um, Walter and Astrid. Me
1: too. Oh, I just I love, love their th- yeah. their
0: relationship. Their though. interaction.
1: Uh, that's just yeah. I just really, really and like it, was, it. And Astrid's been getting kind of hinky lately. She was like, you know, Walter. You know, I don't like malls. Why are you bringing me <laughs> this crap for? I, know. I had already told you. But did you see his face?
0: He looked so hurt, like. But believe me, it was a beautiful butterfly. Uh-huh. You know, he was just looking so hurt like, how could she think I would bring her a boss? I thought that was and then, okay, they're going to investigate, but he's gonna make sure that he stops right at the right at the line of that little town so he can show Astrid. See, it really was a butterfly. You know, yeah. I thought that was and so cute. And I think he was cute. trying
1: to also demonstrate how mm-hmm. whatever this thing was happening mm-hmm. was tricking their view of what the item <laughs> was. But, yeah, I like their
0: relationship, though. They they work really, really well together, so... But, um, yeah, I like that. I do, too. And, of course, you know, Broyles, whenever he's on the, the scene, though, I mean, he he's just really... Um, really a presence that you focus on. Yeah. And so when he was sitting there, well, you know, I'm like Walter, though. When he first said what he said, I didn't, it didn't click immediately for me either. Did you find the machine? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it didn't click. And I thought, oh, he gonna let him go. He gonna let him go. So that was good. Yeah, that was good.
1: That was a good episode. I liked that one. It was good. But at the end of the episode, when they're driving out of town... And we see Teddy on the side of the road. I'm like, well, damn. Ain't that boy learned nothing? (laughs) I was thinking the same thing, though. Is he going to be trying to walk out of town again? let's hope not. They never addressed that. Yeah, that's true. Why was he walking on the side of the road anyway? Because he was running away from home. Well, yes, we know. But, you know, they need to talk to him and say, honey, you can't be running away. but, But this is... Now, this is the way I took it.
0: I took it like he didn't realize what uh, the consequences, what the consequences would be. Yeah. See, he did not realize that. And you know how kids are. No, you can't go no further than across the street or no further than here or no further than there. So I just don't think he knew what the consequences would be. And, and but think about it. Now that he knew, he wasn't walking down the street. He was just right there. He
1: yeah, was just that's right, right there, that's right. see. Mm-hmm.
0: So he was just right there at that line Probably because they were so nice to him and helped them that he just wanted to see him go,
1: maybe. That's where I'm taking it anyway. That'd be awful, though, because, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, those people can't ever leave. No, they can't. That town. No, they can't. No, especially Rose. <laughs> She was very deformed. They but. made her worse than um,
0: the rest of them. <laughs> well, I, I think they, they probably did that to show that she was, you know, she was the daughter of the guy who, who they experimented on, the first guy. You yeah. see what I mean? So maybe that's why they made her deformity more, more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because even though she passed that genetic defect on to her son, but his deformity wasn't quite as bad. Mm-hmm. See, and so probably the other men, whoever her husband, uh, uh whoever his parents were, you know, that would have been diluted again. You see what I mean? So, but she was, yeah, she kind of rough. She yes. kind of rough looking.
1: Rough. Okay. And I, I did like, um, I mean, I've noticed what the past several episodes, we really have not had a lot of Olivia. Like. Well, I um, mean, Olivia's there, but she's not like the
0: main focus of no, the episodes. No, she hasn't been. And, and as a matter of fact, it seems to me that Walter gets the the biggest part. Uh-huh. He, well, but it seems to me though, and Peter, that's rightly so because he's the scientist. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he is the person that they look to to figure this crap out all the time. Yeah. So now, what's getting me is where's Nina shot? I know. We have not seen Nina Sharp in I don't know how many episodes. It's been a long time. It's been a very since, long time.
1: I think since Dream Logic, when they were talking about the dreams. And what episode and the, was that? Five. See, and we're now
0: on a 12. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. They need to bring her on back in into the storyline because that's a really good character.
1: She is. Mm-hmm. She is.
0: And, and actually, I was very surprised with the... Um, with the episode with uh, uh, Walter's brain. Gray Matters. Yeah, that we didn't see her. Since we saw William Bell and stuff, that we didn't see her somehow in there, but we didn't, so. But.
1: Well, unless she is related to all that. I mean, that's something that they maybe need to address is if Walter and William Bell were colleagues way back when, mm-hmm. and she's been a colleague with William Bell since way back when, maybe they all three worked together. And maybe Walter just can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Or, you know, does she have something to do with, I don't know, it's it's interesting. Because she's been working with William Bell for, since he created Massive Dynamic. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. So. That's a a good question. Hopefully they'll get back to it soon. Soon. Well, Mm. I liked that episode. Yeah, that
0: was really good. I enjoyed that one. I did too. Much better than last week. Uh, yeah. With the, well, the dead Charlie.
1: That, the, the one with the da- Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well. Okay, okay. Well, if you have any comments or um, any insights into the episode that you would like to share with us, please email us at sisterspeak@gmail.com. speak at gmail.com. Our voicemail number is 972-692-7341 and our website is sistersinreview.com that's it for now i'm sister k and i'm sister j see you next time lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten
0: lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess Haha, in my dentist's office